This is Welcome Home Radio from the Fresno Association of Realtors on 940 KYNO. Well, good morning and welcome to Welcome Home Radio. This is Don Scordino, your usual host on our Valley's most informative real estate talk show. This hour is being brought to you by the Fresno Association of Realtors. And we just want to provide you with some really, really good information that will help you make informed decisions in real estate and keep up to date with what's happening. And that's why I said I'm the usual host. Today, I'm not the host. Today, <laughs> I am the guest because we're turning it over to Kim Huckabee as our host. And you're in the host seat, so you're managing the time clock. Um, I just don't know why you wanted me to do the intro. <laughs> Well, I think it's because you do it every week and, you know, I'm going to put you in the hot seat. I wanted to take your mind off of it for a second. All right. I'm in the hot seat. Go. Yeah, all right. <laughs> so um, thank you, Don, for allowing me to be part of the show and to sort of switch roles with you. Um, so part of the, the topics that we I wanted to uh, sort of talk about today have to do with housing. And, you know, we have a housing crisis uh, nationally um, in the city of Fresno, county of Fresno, and California, just all together. Um, a lot of that stems from lack of inventory um, and, and things like that. And you have a very unique perspective um, as being a realtor um, for, oh gosh, how many years? A um, long, long time. I'm hearing like a Star Wars song yeah. play right now. Oh, okay. In a galaxy far, far away. Next Monday? <laughs> will be 46 years that I've had my license. Okay, see? Um, yeah, so you've been doing this a really long time is my yeah. point. You have, it, you have unparalleled ex local experience for sure. Yeah, and that's an important thing. It's 46 years, almost 46 years of experience. It's all been full-time. Mm -hmm. I haven't been part-time ever. And it's all been local. So I know Fresno County, Madera County, Tulare County really well. That is very, very true. I've learned, and I've learned a lot from you. But in addition to that, um, you also have a unique perspective when it comes to sort of landlord tenant issues um, as part of your your business model, right? I mean, you're you're a full time realtor, but you also invest um, in a few rental properties here, and you've been doing that for quite some time, right? Right. So if I could tell you how I got started on it, Please. because it kind of lays the foundation yeah, let's for that. where we're at today. Um, I had a really good friend that I worked with. We were both independent contractors, as realtors are. Um, you work with for a broker, but you're independent, which really means they don't pay you. They don't have to pay you. You don't bring in. Right, you don't Any, get a, sour, a salary or an hourly wage or no, no benefits, no benefits, no yeah. retirement, right? No, no 401k. Retirement. So my friend who, in this best way to describe Jack, uh, he became a financial analyst for a bank. That he, he found his niche when he did that. He was the most analytical guy you could ever meet five times over. <laughs> so... I remember him saying one day, you know, Don, we're not going to have a retirement when we get to 65 and you sure as heck can't count on Social Security. He goes, I don't think he he didn't think Social Security would be around uh, more than about another 20 years. This is 
40-some years ago. Wow. So he's wrong there, but he was right in that Social Security will barely take care of you now. It, it, if at it, all. You know. Yeah, it, it's just not enough to do that. So <laughs> he says, you know, we have to create our own retirement program. He goes, here's what my father started to do in Austria when he was there. He bought properties and, uh, uh, you know, and, and he was going to pay them off. And then that would be his retirement income when he got older. So when you say pay it off, he, he was um, so he would buy sort of these properties and then rent them out for like what the cost of the, the mortgage or. Ooh, that's a good point. Even, well, and I can I don't know what happened in Austria. I right, don't know right. The but I'm just a local expert, yeah. Kim. I mean, in general. I mean, yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, I'll let you finish your story. We could come yeah. back to and that. And my maybe. son will even argue the point that I'm an expert at anything uh-huh. at all. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. But um, no, um, back when I got started, there was no possible way that you could buy something um with 20 percent down or less and cash flow meaning rents just did not exceed what the mortgages were keep in mind mortgages were 12 14 percent at the time Mm -hmm. uh rents were very low in fact my very first rental was a four bedroom two bath home that i rented out for 375 dollars a month uh and that was over by cedar and herndon okay wow so you're almost, I mean, during that time, you're, you're taking a hit, but it's for the long run, right? Right. So you're, it was you're a forced ha- savings account. Mm-hmm. So you're sort of, you know, the, the tenant or the, you know, the renter is paying a portion of what you owe to the bank for the mortgage until that house is paid off. And then once the house is, you know, paid off, then that becomes, um, instead of a liability, you're getting some cash flow, which then becomes your sort of your retirement check. Correct. Is that right? Yeah. So, um, and that first home of mine, my payment, because the interest rate was 12 and a half percent was up around, um, 500 and something dollars a month. And I was only getting 375 income. So when the water heater broke, that really hurt. Mm-hmm. But my friend convinced me that it was the right thing to do. His father did it in Austria until just prior to World War II, the government took control of them. And he said it all flopped. Um, so they left, came to America. Mm. He did it here in Fresno. He bought seven homes and rented them all out. And that was his retirement. And um, when he passed away, each kid got one or two of them. And so we're in Austria, he wasn't able to sort of do what he wanted with his own, you know, private property or whatever. They were able to, for whatever reason, seize that property. But he was able to come here then to America and realize that dream. Yes. Wow, yeah. that's inspiring. So my friend Jack convinced me to do this, and I've done it for 40-some years. And for the most part, I'm going to say it's been good. The first 10 to 15 years was really, really hard because every home had the income did not match the outgo. Right. And that starts to add up, right? Especially when you have more than one. But it was a forced savings account. Mm -hmm. So I didn't tell you 
I bought that first home for $44,000. It's now worth three fifty, dollars easy. Wow, that's incredible. Yeah. Incredible. So over the years, like so you've been doing this, but I also want to touch base on the human aspect of, you know, um, so you got into it for, you know, financial reasons and at the encouragement of your, your friend and your colleague, and it made sense, right? You're looking out for your family, all those things, but... Um, I know we've had many conversations about sort of your relationships with your tenants and some of them, you know, you, you know, you've taken on additional roles and, you know, and you continue to do it a lot of times, you know, not necessarily now for financials, but because you do get to provide a home and and do good things here in the community for those people. Right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. it becomes a relationship between the landlord and the tenant because you're sharing something. Um, and sharing is a key word because it means you have to respect the other side. Mm-hmm. Now, there's been many a time where there, the respect was one way and I really got hurt bad mm-hmm. uh, financially, emotionally, uh, thankfully never physically. <laughs> but... Um, Although I have been threatened, so um, may, the threat of physical violence was there. <laughs> oh, jeez. But let's not talk yeah, about that. No. This is an upbeat radio Yeah, I, I want to see it. Yeah, focusing on the positive side. Yeah. Um, but but my point is mutual respect is key. And would you say, you know, most of the, you know, you, you would consider yourself a, there's a term of mom and pop landlord, right? I mean, you're just one guy. You manage them yourself. You're, yeah. You pick your tenants yourself. You respond to recalls or calls for repair or, you know, issues yourself. Right. You know, yeah. You, you I, I know property. where every issue is on the, that house, whether it be the issue be a physical feature or maybe my tenant is in trouble financially. Right, like they can't make the rent this month, so they're, they're going to call you. They're not calling a 1-800 number at a property management company trying to get through to to someone, right? Right. Yeah. So, um, and, and I, I'm, I'm sort of painting that picture because I wanted to ask you, I'm just, I'm really, really curious about, on average, I mean, do you think the majority of the time in your experience, maybe not in recent years because we have so many rules and regulations to comply with but for the most part were you generally able to work you know any issues out like you know again a a late payment is that between the landlord and the tenant just by that communication mutual you know respect and all that kind of stuff oh yeah in fact um i know and respect all of my tenants uh they all know, and most of them respect me too. <laughs> What's who's the how many how many years has your um, longest you know standing tenant been with you? It's that very first house that I bought, and when you uh, got forty four thousand. Yeah, yeah, and um, he rented from me for twenty five years. Um, the only disrespect he ever showed me is when he came in to pay the rent. He used to deliver the San Francisco Chronicle, so he would throw the Chronicle down on my uh, desk and say, look at that, the Giants beat your Dodgers again. Uh, That that was immense disrespect. No, I think that sounds a little bit more like something you deserve. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. 
Okay. Hey, but we got along, and uh, he was there 25 years. He'd still be there today, but he did pass on to the good Lord. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah, but his uh, daughter and, and grandchildren are still in the home. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's incredible. Still in the home, so still in the family. And you've probably got to know them all, you know, watching them be raised. And they probably feel like extended family to you even a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I have another home where um, I I pay the 11-year-old kid 40 bucks a month to water the newly planted trees. Uh, It's a big yard and had to take down this big, huge oak tree because it was just overwhelming everything. Um, so planted some new trees, but th- they need a little special watering. And, you know, and I got to thinking, man, it's been two, three years now that I've been paying them $40 a month. I, I would have done, financially, would have done better to just get a sprinkler system put <laughs> in, right? But you know what? I th- That kid, I know he looks forward to me interacting with him mm-hmm. every month. And I hope I'm being a good role model for him. Right. And and he's probably invested in that home, too. You know, having that those responsibilities and things. He's got some ownership there, right? Yeah. By giving it. Well, I think that's awesome. Uh, with that, I think it looks like we're about ready to go to a commercial break. Don, will you do the honors? All right. Stay tuned. Welcome home radio. Kim has a whole lot more coming up for you. Thanks. Welcome back to Welcome Home Radio. This is Don Scordino, your guest today on Welcome Home Radio, because Kim Huckabee is our host today. And the reason for that, Kim, uh, for the past year, I believe, has been the Government Affairs Director with the Fresno Association of Realtors. I I know you're the host, but I I can't get over this habit. I have to ask you a question. Oh, no. Yeah. That's not the agreement. Why would the Fresno Association of Realtors need a government affairs director? (laughs) Um, Oh, that's a other than you needed a job. (laughs) (laughs) No, I mean I think. um, Look, I mean it's just it's the way of the world. Politics and legislation and policy and. yeah, those things are just so critical these days. So much is being done that impacts what um, our members and their clients um, that they serve are able to do. Um, you know, when we're talking about a ha- housing crisis, you know, we have to pay attention to all, all of these, you know, policies that are coming down. And housing, unfortunately, is, is probably one of well, no, it is the most regulated industry, whether we're talking about the business of um, our realtor members or if we're talking about affordable housing and how we, you know, raise money to make that happen. You know, is that on the backs of homeowners or, you know, are we raising those funds elsewhere? But it's um, it's just that we have to pay attention. We have to be engaged in the process um, advocacy for us. Um at all levels, national, state, and um, local more than ever. Uh, it's just a critical function. And so my job is to keep an eye on it, to alert our members, to let them know. And, you know, we're a member-driven organization. So edu- education is a big piece of that, too. So it, 
it's just a critical component and yeah you're stuck with me don i have yeah. job security for sure you could have been used back in austria in 1939 sounds Be like yeah it. Yeah. Uh, yeah because they lost control yeah i mean it, in any situation I, it, it's it's critical that we're at the table you know and if you're not at the table offering solutions and ideas and collaborating then you can't really get too upset when you know stuff comes down the pipelines that you don't like and um, but you didn't participate in the process and you didn't weigh in um yeah so very very important do i get to be host again now yeah okay okay so, all right i'm all right. sorry i guess we'll it, yeah. call it force a habit <laughs> that was a really good question um, which is why I uh, asked you if I could come on and sort of switch roles because, again, of your very um, unique perspective, as I just mentioned, um, as a realtor for 43 years, 46. You just, you I'm just losing said, count. You just, just we'll said. We'll go with 40-some. All right. For, yeah. Very, very long time. And then the same thing, though, with your experience on landlord-tenant issues and uh, – particularly in California, as we're coming out of this, you know, or I think we're coming out of this COVID crisis. Um, as many of our, of our listeners may know, you know, there's been eviction moratoriums. There have been moratoriums um, on, you know, forbearance rules, all kinds of different things to try to stabilize the economy as things have been um, pretty tough um, in trying to keep people in their homes. But then in addition to that, um, you know, there's a lot of uh, policy in addition to what's been in, in, already implemented at the state level, is in the works at the state level. There's a, a lot more we need to keep our eyes on and sort of discuss um, here locally um, when we're looking at particularly the city of Fresno right now. And um, so just wanted to bring up a, you know a few issues and get your take on it I wanted to see you know there there's a difference between a piece of paper with legislation and policy to the way it even if it's really well intended sometimes the way it translates to the actual constituents the people that it impacts that need housing or the ones that are the landlords it doesn't always make sense so I sort I wanted to bring some of this up and have you take me to the street yeah, and, and there's a thing called unintended unintended consequences mm -hmm. that can occur. And I think it's really important for our elected officials to speak with those that work with the public, work, work on the streets of your local community. So you can see, are there going to be any unintended consequences? I'll give you a great example way back in the 1990s. All right. Um, the city of Fresno imposed rent control on mobile home parks. All right. And it seemed like all oh, those, you know, those poor um, uh, people that own a mobile home, their, their space rent is going up and up and up. Okay. Everything else went up and up and up, including their rent. But no longer could the rent do that. Now, here's the unintended consequence. Not one new mobile home park has been built in Fresno in that time. Mm -hmm. Why would a developer want to come in and invest their family's money? Uh, 
not knowing if you're going to be allowed to make ends meet. And uh, yeah, I mean, so and let's back up a little on that. I mean, so this was a long time ago that that was imposed, the rent control on mobile homes. When you say everything else went up, I mean, what what could be some of the costs associated with running a mobile home, you know, that would, you know, maybe make upkeep difficult if you're not able to, you know, raise the rents even a little bit as other things start to rise? Sure. Most of your mobile home parks have to maintain the streets, which means that's labor and materials. Those have all gone up. If you go back 30 years ago, what was minimum wage back then? It, it was certainly single digit. In fact, I'm going to take it. I didn't come prepared with this, but I'm going to guess it was $3 an hour wow. back in 1992. Um, and of course, now it's $15 an hour. Um, materials have gone way up. The, the most mobile home parks had a swimming pool and a clubhouse. The maintenance and the materials for those have gone way up. So it, it's, um, it, it just makes it difficult for someone to take that risk mm-hmm. of investing millions of dollars to build something. And then not having any flexibility with the property. Right. 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 Yeah. That's a really good example. And, and sometimes uh, these laws will factor in a, a price index. Like, well, you can raise the rent this much. Mm-hmm. But if they know so much about what things are going to cost 10 years from now, then they could fix all our other problems. It, you can't say, well, you can raise your rent 3% a year because how do you know 3% enough? Well, that's a really great point. I mean, so we look at um, recent state legislation, um, AB 1482, which, you know, um, that was by ballot. Voters, um, you know, put that into place, which imposed basically statewide rental um, rent control to some degree. Um, there are, you know, some exemptions for sure, but you think that well, that was just a little while ago, and now we're looking at like super inflation, looking at prices of gas, looking at what COVID's done with material cost and all of those things. So, like, I mean, yeah, there's an index, right? But when that was put into place, we could never have imagined we'd be, you know, at this point right now facing the super inflation issue and all kinds of other economic challenges that we've yet to really see how it's all going to shake out. I'll give you a great example is if I own a home and I'm renting it out and there's maybe supply and demand is such to where there's not very many renters right now. I have to lower my rent to attract somebody. Um, and I'll have to lower it enough to attract somebody good because I'm in it for the good. If you're regulated, um, that doesn't happen. In in fact, my favorite story about rent control, Santa Monica, 1978, they started rent control and they allowed a two and a half percent increase every year. Property manager said every year we raise it two and a half percent. Just because. because. If, yeah. Because if you don't take it, you lose it. So even if you've got a great tenant, you're, you like, you know, you're breaking even, you know, and 
whatever that's working for you you're still very likely in that that situation being put in that position yeah you're gonna do it because you don't know what's down the road right Right? yeah that's really interesting perspective um well so so since we started with uh, AB 1482, you know, the statewide rent control, um, since that, that passed and it's been in place for a while, how has that impacted you? Well, AB 1482 was called the Rent Stabilization Act. In other words, control. Somebody else is controlling how, the, the market, the free market. Um, so it's no longer the free market. It, it's a controlled market. But the worst part, and this happens with many bills, it goes in under this name, rent stabilization, but the worst part is they put in a th- uh, something that's called uh, just cause eviction. Now, for the first 90% of my career, co- eviction meant somebody breached the contract and therefore you go to the courts to have them terminated by mm-hmm. the courts. There was another thing called a termination where, and I did this many times, things weren't working out. You know, somebody said, I, I really need this in a home. And I said, you know, I, I, I can't afford to upgrade it like that. You could go rent another one from me, but mm-hmm. it's the rent's going to be more. Anyway, we mutually agreed to terminate. Terminate as opposed to eviction. Um, but they, in this AB 1482, they put it all together. A termination is an eviction in, in their eyes. And um, you have to have, the landlord has to have a just cause. And they spell out what just cause is. You know, you're going to move back into it yourself. Or you're going to um, take it off the rental market and sell it. Right. And, and uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but is it, there's a, a clause in there that if you're going to, take it off the market or you just don't want to rent it anymore. Um, is, there, I, is there something about like relocation fees? Sure. Things? See, and that, that control took over cost. Um, so now the landlord has to give the last month's rent free to, to a tenant. So you may have rented it out to somebody prior to AB 1482 um, five, six, seven years ago, you didn't factor that into your rent or anything. Um, and you've been charging a, a market rate, a fair market rate that both sides agreed to. All of a sudden, you got to give somebody $1,500 um, mandated by the state. Starting to sound like Austria. Yeah. So, well, that so that's a big deal, right? I mean... If, well, yeah. And especially if you're if you're one um, that maybe just has one property. Right. And you are dependent on the rent to make the mortgage payment and everything else. If you have to do that to, let's say, you know, repair the home or whatever you need them to. There might be a, some major issue that's going to take months to fix. And it's maybe it's not suitable for tenants. But now, not only can you're not going to be collecting rent while you fix that property, but to, you know, ask these tenants to find another place to stay while you upgrade the property, you'd be out that additional fifteen hundred, whatever, right? Right. Um, so that makes it that puts you in a tough position. Do you fix the property, or you, you know, or you let it just stay 
if you can't afford it, what are you going to do? Right. Um, now, there is an exemption. Uh, if you're an individual you and it's just one single family residence, you can be exempt. But the key word here is words are can be. You have to opt out of or I guess opt into that exemption. That's a double negative. But in other words, it's not a passive thing. It's not like, oh, you're exempt because you're just an individual owner. You're not a big corporate landlord. Um, no, you have to actually notify the tenant in advance that you're exempt by some big, long civil code. And um, anybody that can understand that clause that has to be in there, uh, congratulations for graduating from law school. How do you keep up with it, Don? I mean, I would get, I mean, it sounds like you almost have to have an attorney to bingo to so, do this. How do you keep up with it? Me, a real estate broker for all these years, I've managed personally all these years. I know I, I used to know what I'm doing. I now have to hire an attorney. Oh, you do? Okay. Oh, yeah. I actually, I wasn't well, sure about that. But. You don't have to, but wisdom you, yeah. tells me you better hire it. Uh, so there's an additional cost. So, you know, you got, you lose that last month's rent. There's all the, the need for legal fees now. No wonder costs are going up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I mean, I, I can unintended see consequence of a lot of these new laws is that they're causing, uh, rents to go up by these actions. Okay. I want to really dive into that. I think we have to take another commercial break. I have to be quiet for a while. <laughs> All right, we'll be back right after this uh, commercial break. Thank you. Welcome back. Welcome home radio. This is Don Scordino, your usual host. But today, Kim Huckabee of the Fresno Association of Realtors is your host. And unfortunately for her, I'm her guest. <laughs> <laughs> no, this I thank you for uh, having me again, Don. Um, it's a pleasure to be here. I think we're we're discussing some really important issues, and I think it was really important to have you in that guest seat today, to just show uh, you know um, a more human side to sort of this housing debate when we we're talking about tenant landlord issues and other things that you have a very unique perspective on, um, as I mentioned earlier in the show. So. Thank you for letting me grill you and see how, you know, uh, regulations, policy, legislation transfers to the people in our community. Yeah, and it's interesting you're saying regulation. And I really believe that I got into this for the right reason. Mm -hmm. For for myself, I got into it to um, have a retirement income. But I also feel like I'm helping people providing housing for them, good, suitable housing. Um, I don't really like being lumped in as a slumlord. Yeah, and let's yeah, let's talk about that actually for a second. Um, that's a horrible name to be called. I would yeah. Um, so right now locally we're, we're starting to see more and more conversation because of this housing crisis, right? There's not enough building going on, not enough inventory to buy, to rent, to invest in. You know why? Regulation. Right. Yeah. And we can, 
that's probably for another show, but pointing back basically to the California Environmental um, CEQA Quality Act. Um, yeah, I mean, yes, we can blame the situation we're in um, inventory-wise on regulation, and yet we're still trying to regulate and legislate our way out of it without building, not fixing, you know, the real problem. Um, you know, lots of things have been done that are mere band-aids, right? Or, you know, have unintended consequences like you, you spoke about earlier today. And so we were just, um, you know, talking about all the different things that have been imposed to date and how, you know, what their impact has been. And one of the questions I wanted to ask you was about, you know, um, well, maybe I should back up. But, oh, see, this is why I shouldn't host. Now I, I, <laughs> I, I can't decide which question I want to ask. Um, I want to just go straight for it. Um, so I know that it's been a long, long time before you, um, since you've increased rents on any of the tenants or the properties that you have. Well, after... AB 1482 went into effect, I began to realize that since I did this as retirement income and things are going with inflation, things are going up. Um, I'm, I'm being controlled now. I better take what I can get. So even though I'm not taking the maximum, uh, right after AB 1482 went in effect, I did my first rent increases. And I look back. And how, how long? How long had it? Since 2002. So 18 years I went without increasing anybody's rent. Now, just so you know, I'm not the most give, the biggest giveaway artist. When somebody would move out of the house, I would um, bring it up to speed, up market, to, right? Yeah, close to market. Although I still remember the advice I got from one of my relatives who was in the rental business, too. Uh, he said, keep your rents a little bit low. You'll mm -hmm. keep better people. I, I think that's really, really solid advice. Yeah. So, um, and that's what I've tried to do. So I went 18 years until I feel like I was forced to do it because uh, not only did AB 1482 go in effect, there's one that got defeated, but it keeps coming back. It's still not a law, but it's going to create a basis for rent so let's say the the market rent right now is fifteen hundred dollars and you're renting something for twelve hundred well and they move out so you think oh great i'll go to the fifteen hundred now nope twelve hundred is your basis because you've had it registered with uh the government and um now you can only raise it two and a half percent or whatever it's going to be Mm -hmm. um, so that's where I thought I better get the basis up. And remember, I'm doing this for my retirement income. What if somebody, what if the government put a cap on your 401k mm -hmm. and said, you can't get more than this amount because we got to hold down costs. Right. And that doesn't make sense for you to be using that for retirement anymore. So you probably would start thinking about, hmm. You know, market's hot. Should, should I, you know, just unload these properties and not be a landlord at all anymore and then go stick that money in a 401k? Right. So my friend Jack and I were talking 40 years later and he was saying how smart I was to do it because he didn't do his own plan. He didn't come up with it. 
But I'm starting to think, you know what? Maybe Jack was right. He went out and bought a boat and a Porsche. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Found a place he where he right. could get a 401k, something like that. <laughs> yeah, that's right. right. So, God, I hope he's not listening. <laughs> <laughs> um, so where we are today after your, you know, all these years that you've been doing this, you know, obviously you're still in it. So you still see a reason whether it's in your heart and it's your investment or whatever. There's still enough incentive and you have hope that you can hang on to these properties and offer some rental housing in this community. That's not corporate. That's not, you know, we hate, we know that there are bad actors everywhere, right? In any sort of industry, market, et cetera. Yeah, um, there's bad tenants and there's bad right, landlords. Every all the way around. And the good ones don't like being called bad. Yeah, and it, yeah, I think that is really, really unfortunate that um, everyone's being lumped into one group. Yeah. Um, because again, people like you are just trying to do the right thing, are doing a, a good thing in offering this housing that our community so desperately needs, it versus you just selling those properties and you know that going to big huge corporate investors that are able to play in this market pay cash you know all those kinds of things um but you still do see some hope yeah there there is still some, some there. hope and, and if you want to see the hope look at look at your relationship with the other side you know i i i look at some of the tenants that i have and uh, i know one of them I tell you what, when I cross the pearly gates, one of the first five people I'm going to go look up is a guy that used to rent from me. What a quality person. And um, the advice he gave me, I, I'll never forget. So, you know, I thank him. Um, and so, so there's, th that's where we got to look. We mm -hmm. got to look to our counterpart. Right. And, and then the tenant needs to look at their landlord and say, Hey, there's a good one there. Mm -hmm. I better be respectful. Right. I, I better return those phone calls. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Yeah. And I, so I really appreciate that. Um, and I hope our listeners out there today, um, you know, are getting some of the takeaway. Uh, you know, I think this housing issue, it's at the forefront of everyone's mind when we're, we're looking at public opinion surveys. You know, it's one of the top issues um, has been you know, really high on the list for a while now because we just simply, again, don't have adequate supply. And, um, you know, I will give the, the city of Fresno and our, our mayor and uh, members of the council um, a big shout out for making housing, um, you know, topics and issues a priority and looking at um, recommendations that I think you know, the Fresno Association of Realtors um, has waited or, you know, will continue to weigh in on some of them, I think, are, are will do great things. And some of them will even further uh, hamper the ability um, for landlords like you to be able to sort of work with your tenants the way you've done it in the past. You know, for example, um, one policy that uh, so the, the city of Fresno, as you know, Don, is, is working with the Thrivens Group and the city of Fresno Anti-Displacement Task Force to sort of look how, at how ways to keep people in their homes because these homes are... Whose you know, home? <laughs> no, I'm saying at looking at keeping people 
off the streets from being displaced right? right from we're looking at everything from the single mom to someone with disabilities to just a normal teacher or a firefighter or um get, you know getting the actual you know homeless off the street um just any any way that displacement is is happening i know that what you know they they're looking at things like uh, more subsidized rental assistance, homes for tiny homes for veterans, land trusts, some really good policies that I think, um, you know, will help our community. But at the same time, um, you know, we are having a lot of discussion and there are groups out there um, and tenants that uh, are supporting some other policies that I've got some real concerns that I want to grill you about and see how you think it translates um to, you know to the street to the real deal and with that i think we have to take another commercial break all right so stay tuned because i've got some good ones coming up for kim in the next se segment thank you if i could just come in i swear i'll leave won't take nothing but a memory from the house that And welcome back to Welcome Home Radio. This is Don Scordino, the guest on today's show, because Kim Huckabee is the uh, the host today, because you got all these questions you want to ask me. But that song that we just played, if every landlord, which is all another name for a landlord, is a housing provider, if they could remember that the home that they're providing to their clientele, it is a home that built some kid. Mm -hmm. um, or a family a right? family yeah babies are born milestones yeah. are happen so families happen whether you rent or you own raise your family in a mutual with respect for that mm -hmm. th that's helping you uh, i own my own home that i live in i have to have a mutual respect for my mortgage company if I don't respond to them every month, then they're going to bust out the contractual agreement. <laughs> exactly. Hey, that's a good way to put it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, all these things, are, it, it's an agreement for, for sure. And uh, Don, I want to thank you again for letting me, you know, grill you on some of this stuff. I think this was a real opportunity as this debate. If you're just watching the news and we've had this conversation before, you're just getting the negative, you know, and as we continue to talk about how we're going to solve this housing crisis at, at the local level, the state level, all these things, I think it's really, really important that we were, we sort of humanize this process that, that landlords and tenants aren't um, at war. They, you know, they've, uh, the system has worked well for, you know, as long, you know, I don't know how many years, but a very, very long yeah, time. Until three years ago. Yeah. <laughs> Two yeah. years ago. Right. Um, and uh, so I wanted to, we're, we're going to run out of time and we might need to have another segment on this because I, it really is really important that I think, you know, our listeners, the community, our elected officials are, are really seeing this as, you know, uh, two groups of people that are trying to accomplish similar things and, uh, you know, traditionally historically have not been enemies in fact they've been able to work together uh you know mostly and so you know as we kind of get ready to close out the show i was hoping that maybe we could go back and talk about some of the issues you've experienced and how you've solved it um i mean certainly you have to have many circumstances where you've been able to um 
work out the situation without any sort of regulation, government involvement. So if you go back to prior to AB 1482, it, let's, you know, let's say the year 2019, we're going way back now, you had to work things out mutually. Um, so when a tenant had the mutual respect to call me up and say, I've got a problem, you know, this happened or that pro happened, uh, I don't have all the rent money now, that put me into, okay, let's find the common ground. L let's find out how we can work this out because uh, termination, eviction, displacement, whatever, you, you know, displacement's the wrong word, by the way. I mean, if you're displaced, you probably more than likely, um, I don't want to say it that way. You got to look at it and see, did you break a contract? Mm -hmm. Did you break an agreement? But so you got to go back and find that win-win situation. Um, what can you both live with? How do you get by? Right. So I can think of numerous times where somebody, I said, well, what can you pay right now? And they said, well, I, I can pay like 700 of the thousand. I said, okay, if you can get that to me by Friday, we'll do that. And then how are you going to do the other 300? And they might say, whatever, you know, $100 a month or uh, give me a two more weeks. But we worked it out. Now there's somebody working it out for you. Mm -hmm. And um, it's usually somebody that doesn't, and, and it's, either the city, the county, or the states that, that are making these rules. And, and in the case of COVID, it was the federal government, too. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I know, I know we are running out of time, but another thing that we already have in place here in the city of Fresno is um, basically a rental housing registry, which then allows for um, is it, its code enforcement staff yeah. to go out and do what are I think supposed to be uh, random um, inspections on yes. rental properties to make sure it's up to code and those types of things. Is that the in intention as yeah. you understand it? And, and I've had several inspections in the last few weeks. And um, the worst thing they found uh, one house was the weather stripping by the front door was missing towards the bottom. Ironically, there was the little dog <laughs> that I'm sure was the culprit. And there was no reason to when I had it installed that I would have stopped two feet from the bottom um, with jagged edges. In other words, obviously, the dog was the culprit. But they put that off on the housing provider. That is now something I've got to do. So do you have to go out to the house? How does it how does this work? Yeah. Either myself or I have to hire yeah. somebody. Yeah, it, it has been pretty time consuming, especially like one tenant has had to reschedule five times. And um, so it, yeah. it, it's time consuming and costly. So once again, your costs go up because of regulation. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think that that. But they'll get new weather stripping out of it. Yeah. Well, I mean, right, another one, yeah. <laughs> the, the smoke detector had to be moved six inches further away from a uh, uh, air conditioning vent. Okay. Well, it sounds like a good use of your time. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, Don, if 
you know, to our listeners out there, our people that make the rules, the, you know, um, the people that advocate and, um, you know, the people that can make a difference. What, what, what do you say to all this? What's your best advice? First of all, my best advice to housing providers and tenants is be respectful of one another. Um, it's not all about you. It's not all about making money as a housing provider. It's about providing a home for a family too. So that's really important to know. For the tenant, it's important to know, communicate. And I know you may feel bad. Um, you don't, you can't pay the rent, but communication is a lot better than the opposite, which is no return calls. So, so have a mutual respect for one another. And then for those that are elected officials, I'm going to say trust the goodness of people. Yeah, there's a bad tenant out there and there's a bad landlord out there, but you cannot regulate everybody because of one bad apple. Mm-hmm. And the un- do you think the unintended consequences are just going to cost too much at the end of, end of the day if we don't? find a look, way where there's mutual you know respect look and back agreement. at the last two years for the last 20 years rents in fresno were really not an issue they, they didn't go up very much at all uh, the last two years uh, they have and what happened two years ago um, state regulation right well, Don, I want to thank you again um, for allowing me to switch roles with you and just pick your brain. I think um, these, you know, conversations just about people are so important. Sometimes we have more in common. No, we do have more in common than we do um, not. So yeah. thank you again for having me. Sure. And remember, housing is a win-win situation. Sellers and buyers should both win. Tenants and landlords should both win. That's Thank right. you.